You're watching and listening to Fat BD Knows Everything and it's called Fat BD Knows Everything because I do know everything. This week, I want to talk to you guys about blame. Who do we put the blame on uh, when it comes to the spike in the COVID-19 cases in Malaysia right now. And this episode is brought to you by a croissant. As all of you already know, the number of cases when it comes to COVID-19 in Malaysia has been increasing like crazy I think from uh, you know the day that I'm recording this the number of infected uh, patients uh, let's let's do a check let's do a check right well yesterday was more than how many people 400 600 600 over cases which is like even worse than at the height of the pandemic during the lockdown in Malaysia so this is it's crazy okay now, one thing that me personally I feel isn't so bad is the fact that uh, the cases are not all over the country. Uh, it's mainly concentrated in several areas, which is Sabah and Kedah. And then a little bit, and then a very, very distant third place is Selangor and KL and all that. Lah. Right. Now, that's not to say that it's a good thing. I still think it's a bad thing. Numbers increasing. I feel for people in Sabah. I feel for people in Kedah. Right? So, it's not that I'm happy that it's happening there. No. Right? Now, yesterday, the Prime Minister addressed the nation. Right? Addressed the nation. Uh, saying that some people were expecting a full lockdown again but no, there was no lockdown uh, which I think uh, is something that can't be done I don't think we can actually have a full lockdown in Malaysia because like the Prime Minister said and I agree with the Prime Minister he said that if there was a lockdown again for the whole country it will ruin our economy Malaysian, the Malaysian economy will be destroyed and he also said that because it's all in concentrated areas, in specific areas. And the authorities, they are a little bit more prepared now. Um, they are now just doing targeted uh, movement control orders, the targeted lockdowns, right? So, Sabah is under full lockdown. Well, no, they're not under full lockdown. They're under the CMCO, Conditional Movement Control Order. Right? Mm. And we can't, we can't travel. The state borders are closed. Uh, Kedah is also... Areas in Kedah are going under CMCO. Uh, certain areas in Selangor has also been declared CMCO, like Klang and all that. Right? So it's targeted. It's targeted. Right? So the economy can still go on. Everybody's still going on. But the issue right now is blame. Right? Um, there have been, on the internet, people criticizing the ministers and politicians for actually causing the second despite in infection 
because recently we had state elections in Sabah um, as we know Sabah was going through a spike at that time uh, it has, there was a there was a, an outbreak of COVID-19 in the prison and somehow it got out into the community and there was a spike in cases in Sabah and to make things worse it was a state election so a lot of politicians even from the rest of Malaysia all started going there to help campaign right? and then when they were campaigning they came back to wherever they were from uh, in the other states and all that like in Selangor and KL and all that but many of these politicians were infected with the virus they didn't quarantine themselves they went traveling as normal doing what ministers do you know doing their visits meeting people and all that and hence this year because of this number of cases went up all right so people are very angry with the cabinet with the ministers and the politicians now also they are like if you go to like different websites news websites like malaysia kini and all that you can see lists they are listing out mps assembly uh, assemblymen and women and cabinet ministers who have been uh, tested positive There are also rumors going around saying this minister is infected, this minister is positive, that cabinet minister is positive, but these ministers do not want to reveal themselves. Right? So they're saying that they're hiding the fact that they have COVID-19. Why? I don't know. Now, one of the ministers that actually came out publicly and said that they were positive was the religious affairs minister. Right? He came out and said that he's positive. Uh, he went to Sabah to campaign, came back from Sabah, no quarantine, nothing started traveling around and then later on he had to take a test and his test came back as positive and all these people that he has met between the time he came back from Sabah um, until he was tested positive are now all at risk including the entire cabinet of ministers who, because they had a meeting they had an emergency meeting and all the ministers were there so now the, almost the entire cabinet is under self-quarantine they've been tested and they're under self-quarantine including the director general of health dr Noor hisham abdullah right he's also uh, quarantined now people are saying that these politicians are irresponsible i think so too they are irresponsible they came back from sabah they didn't quarantine themselves they started going around as normal and spreading and you know they're spreading the virus of course um like the, the 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 religious affairs minister for example he started going to work because when he came back from sabah there was no rule saying that if you came back from sabah you have to go and take a test and then be quarantined for 14 days or actually they said you can be quarantined you're quarantined first you take the first test be quarantined and then when the first test result comes out if it's negative and the first test results can come out within three to five days right of being tested um then you don't have to if it's negative you don't have to be quarantined and then you wait for your second test results there have been many cases where their first test results come back and it's negative and then the second test comes back and it's more conclusive and it's positive so people are saying why are they allowed to go out after the first test is negative they should wait the full 14 days right and that didn't happen and when the religious affairs minister came back there was no rule for quarantine so he was going about his business as usual and he wasn't really actually breaking the law he was doing everything according to the law so is it right for us to blame him right or blame any of these cabinet ministers now there are some ministers and some mps who actually flouted the rules right we didn't care for um for the quarantine rules like the selangor menteri besar for example 
he was supposed to be under quarantine because he came back from Sabah but he decided hey, he's going to break quarantine because he had important work to do which was related to the water issue in Selangor lah, right? what about things like that is that allowed should he still maintain and stay under quarantine maybe he should right? so the ministers themselves are saying hey it's not our fault because when we came back there was no rule to be quarantined right? but then if you are responsible responsible enough and you are coming from a high risk area wouldn't you want to you know, take your own initiative to self-quarantine yourself so that you don't spread the virus, right? I know many journalist friends of mine who went to Sabah to cover the elections and came back and uh, took the test, stayed under quarantine, first test negative, they still decided to stay quarantined because they wanted to wait for the second test results to come out because they didn't want to take the risk of infecting, infecting other people. That's responsible. Why can't these administrators and MPs have done that, right? Be responsible, uh, personally responsible for this. Right. Now you see, uh, uh, the, the whole cabinet is under quarantine, you're forced to be quarantined, right? and the number is going up. Uh, I don't know, they haven't released any results. The public is calling it the minister cluster. right? But of course they're not releasing any, any data about how many people these ministers and MPs have actually infected. Lah, right? We don't know that. And the authorities are not even calling it a cluster, of course, right? The cluster is all still in Sabah and Kedah and things like that. Um, but I don't know. Let me know what you think. I think a lot of people are quite angry. Uh, yeah, so, so, so let me know what you think. Uh, how angry are you? Who really is to blame? Is it the ministers? Is it the politicians? Is it the Ministry of Health for having quite lax rules and regulations for those coming back from Sabah? Right? Yeah. So it could be them too. They could be at fault, right? So let's see. I want to hear what you guys say. Uh, uh, comment. Send in your comments and uh, let's have a discussion now. Now, I would like to come to the point of where I recommend something. Uh, I highlight something that I find quite interesting. And this week, I would like to uh, kind of suggest what did I want to suggest? Huh? Yo, I forgot already. Okay, so now we are at the point where I actually highlight something that I find interesting and I want to suggest it to you guys. Uh, and this week, it's a movie that I saw on Netflix. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's by a filmmaker who I really, really like but hasn't come up with any work in the, in the recent years. And I kind of have missed his work. Uh, and I thought he's gone all quiet. Um, it's a Spike Lee joint. And it's called Black Clansman. How long ago was Black Clansman released? How long ago was Black Clansman released? Uh, a while back, right? It's not that recent, right? Oh, two years ago, and we missed it. Oh, okay. So I just watched Spike Lee's. Uh, two years ago. Huh? Two years ago. Yeah. So I I I watched uh, Spike Lee's uh, Black Clansman. It's about a true story about. Uh, uh, a police officer who went undercover to find out and research and investigate the KKK back in the 60s, right? 60s or 70s? Or something like that. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, it's just like any Spike Lee movie out there. It's controversial, it's interesting, it's uh, entertaining, uh, it's thought-provoking and also very, very woke. Lah, right? Now you would call it woke, but during the days when I used to watch Spike Lee movies, there was no such thing as wokeness <laughs> it wasn't known as wokeness it was just educational <laughs> it was it created awareness right uh, 
And I kind of actually forgot that Spike Lee actually made movies. The last I heard from Spike Lee was that he had this big fight with the New York Knicks owner. <laughs> and he's a big New York Knicks fan when it comes to basketball. He's always at their games, but he had a big fight with the owner and he stopped going to all their games. Uh, and the fight that he had with the New York Knicks um, uh, owners was quite public. Um, Google it. I think that's something I want to recommend you guys to find out too as well. You know, find out about his fight with the Knicks. And now he doesn't go and watch Knicks games anymore. And, uh, and, and Spike Lee is iconic when it comes to New York Knicks games. He's always there. He's like the sick guy uh, in, uh, at, at, at all the home games that the Toronto Raptors plays. Uh, the, the big super fan, the Toronto Raptors super fan, the sick guy. Uh, he's like a Jack Nicholson uh, to the LA Lakers. Um, and even Jack Nicholson doesn't go for any LA Lakers games anymore because I think he's just uh, he's too old I think right so he doesn't go out anymore anyway now it's COVID-19 and all the NBA games are being played to uh, you know no audience so that's it yeah so that's it you've been watching and listening to Fat Bidin Knows Everything like don't like subscribe follow us on all our social media platforms at Fat Bidin or go to fatbidin.com to get everything goodbye I've got three kids one wife and me to support so you've got to like you know help fund my life so you actually can go to the fat bidding e-store right i'm gonna link it below i'm gonna link it below right and you can get actually like fat bidding merchandise right and most of it are well, actually books are. i used to sell dvds and films and all that but hey everything's available on youtube now so now if you want to get fat bidding merchandise it's mostly books so i've got books here i've got books here see 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 like this book this is called uh, The Adventures of a Kerala in Afghanistan. It's a graphic novel, see? See, graphic novel which I uh, wrote uh, and illustrated with my, with my buddy, Apan, right? Uh, it's a non-fiction one. It's about my time in Afghanistan shooting a documentary for a month uh, when I was there. See, see, I'm a war journalist, right? So it's a really good book, right? Uh, I've got this non-fiction novel. It's called Operation Nasi Krabu, Finding Patani in an Islamic Insurgency. This book I wrote because I spent like a, I spent some time in Southern Thailand where there's a war there. You all know there's a war there, right? In Patani, right? I shot a documentary there which was banned for broadcast. But hey, they allowed me to publish a book. And if you get the book, there is a QR code at the back, right? There's a QR code at the back which allows you to watch it for free online. Oh, where's the QR code? Where's the QR code? Ah, there's the QR code, right? It's online, meaning you scan the QR code, you go to my YouTube channel. Okay, um, I've got another book. This is called Journal Dad, the Chronicles of a Journalist who Happens to be a Father. It's a, it's a compilation of my articles, my column when I was writing for the Malaysian Insider. It's all about like me being a journalist and raising a family at the same time. It's really funny. It's funny. It's funny. My best-selling book. Liberal, Malay and Malaysian, Writings of a Walking Contradiction. This is a compilation also of my uh, column in the Malaysian Insider. This one focuses more on like politics, race, uh, demonstration, democracy and religion and things like that. It's funny too. All my books are funny because I'm a funny guy, right? Yes, I am. And if you like films, I sell this book. See, I wrote this book with my buddy Wan Chun Hong. It's a guide to filmmaking, indie filmmaking. Uh, every chapter talks about one aspect of filmmaking and it, every chapter also interviews one like a uh, really prominent Malaysian filmmaker. It's really good. You can get all these books at the Fat Bidin e-store. Come on, feed my kids.